0: Tom Massaro, Great American Mining.
1: And the levels look great, fine, good enough. We'll go with that. All right, thank you for joining us here today. And fourth quarter talk, kind of what we're talking about today. And I thought, what a great opportunity to bring in the man, the myth, the flaring legend, emissions management legend, the guy who's converting emissions management flaring problems into Bitcoin out in the Bakken and other places. Tom Macero, uh, how are you doing today?
0: I'm doing great, Jason. Thanks for having me on again.
1: Let's get an update on your mining Bitcoin, Uh, but I did want to talk about blockchain and uh, Bitcoin as well. Just to, you know, more or less kind of just a crib notes as people prepare for their, you know, fourth quarter because... You know as well as I do, those two words, Bitcoin and blockchain, are going to be mentioned a lot more in meetings over the next five years. But uh, talk to me about an update on what you got going on in Shale Play USA with uh, mining Bitcoin.
0: Sure. Uh, Well, you know, right now, I think what you're seeing, you know, for the most part with producers is uh, they're still kind of in, I mean, there's whatever term you want to use. they're, They're still hunkering down but there's a lot of planning going into 2021. Uh, and right now it seems like the hot word we were talking about it earlier, uh, is the term ESG. And, uh, apparently that's, you know, a, a term that environmental social corporate governance is something that we're going to hear a lot about, um, moving into 2021. And I think, uh, we'll have kind of a, a different meaning to different, uh, particular, uh, producers. And so uh, we've had a lot of conversations with folks um, who are trying to understand what their, you know, I guess their responsibility socially, environmentally is in terms of dealing with flaring. And we're one of a number of use cases that can help them in regards to this. And I think this ESG, uh, you know, um, trend is going to help solidify, um, you know, in, in terms of helping of uh, the industry deal with flaring. With
1: so treat me like you're selling to me now. I'm, I'm going to give you an opportunity to, you know, put on your sales hat and, and, you know, treat me like I'm, I'm an operator because I just talked to a producer yesterday and I'm not going to mention their name, but they're changing their ESG report from 45 pages to 98 pages. And that's how serious this ESG stuff is right now. And, how is that going to help me ESG-wise?
0: Well, I mean, the writing's on the wall, Jason. Uh, you know, there there is a, a movement, and it's, and it's very real. You've talked about it for as long as I've listened to your podcast, you know, the Greta Thunberg stuff. That narrative is not going away. Uh, you know, when you've got states like Texas and the Permian starting to take flaring seriously, uh, you know that, you know, the writing is on the wall. So, you know, what we, what we do is provide kind of, I would say a two pronged approach, right? We can provide a hands-off approach where we'll come in, you'll sell us gas. If you've got uh, a gas that's uh, unable to be collected uh, through the pipelines and you're just flaring it because you you can't, you can't do anything with it. We'll come in and consume it on site. We'll pay you uh, at a discounted rate and we'll consume that gas for you. And then this helps your, you know, your overall ESG, Um, Requirements. Secondly, we can also partner with uh, upstream producers to become kind of a um, a value add, as well as like a partner. And what I mean by that is we share in the uh, the producer would share in the upside uh, on the Bitcoin. And so we're actively uh, in talks with a a couple producers right now, who I think you know because of the you know because of COVID, because of the downturn in the. Oil and gas market have been forced to think more creatively about what they're doing with their molecules and how to best get the most value out of them. And so that's the other angle that we work with with folks.
1: Hey, what's a Bitcoin? Just you know, the very very basic broad brush version of what a Bitcoin is.
0: Sure. Yeah. You know, like we've talked about it in the past, Bitcoin is a form of digital currency. And it's no different than uh, you and I exchanging uh, cash hand to hand, right? There's nobody in the middle. Uh, when I hand you that dollar, and once it's in your hand, it's yours. And in in, in Bitcoin, that actually exists digitally. Uh, that's what these miners are doing. These miners are basically paid. Digital bodyguards uh, or digital bank vaults that help make sure the network itself, which is over 250 billion dollars of, of value at, at this point, that's what all of these little machines are doing uh, when they're operating, and they consume a lot of power. And the most effective way to do this is to find cheap power at scale and. That's kind of how a number of us folks have entered into this space because we see this opportunity to use you know, the waste gas that's available and actually scratch an itch on the oil and gas side as far as like this flaring issue. And at the same time, uh, provide us a opportunity to do this profitably and to have a real business around um, mining Bitcoin and providing security for the network. So that's how I would describe
1: that. Thomas Arrow, Great American Mining. He's converting, flaring into Bitcoin for producers and midstream companies out there. Uh, I know you're out in the Bakken. Uh, Permian you were looking at getting into. Did you ever get down there?
0: Yeah, we're currently right now developing a solution that will work in the Permian. Very, very different use case down there because of the the heat. Um You know, these machines that we use to mine Bitcoin, um, A, require a lot of air movement and B, require uh, a lot of uh, ability to dissipate heat. And so in the Bakken, you know, especially when I was up there visiting a couple about two or three weeks ago when I saw you, you know, we had a couple of 95 plus days, Um, you know, and you can probably count on one hand how many of those days you guys have during the summer. Uh, That is about the extent of our air-cooled units can do, which has external fans and uh, that can kind of suck air through and get it out of uh, the container. In Texas, there's just too much heat down there. So we're developing a liquid immersion-based system that can actually work down there. And so we're hoping to have that live by the the end of the year.
1: I just saw a video on YouTube where the California wildfires have caused an increase in different kind of fuels, where an onion producer had to keep drying his onions, and so he had to use some natural gas. He had to bring in some natural gas heater pumps, that type of thing, in order to dry his onions. It's just different how people are having to transition their energy flows and energy thinking. Just overall energy thinking, I guess, is is, is a way to state that, I guess. Um, what, what are you hearing from producers? Is, is, is it a cost issue? Are they being receptive to it? Talk to me a little bit about, you know, some of the uh, successes and then some of the hurdles you guys are trying to get over from, from that meeting standpoint, you know what I mean?
0: Yeah, hurdles-wise, I think the big thing in the Bakken is the actual rights to the gas. I think there's some Complexities with some of the midstream ownership on uh, the acreage dedication, that um, you know, it kind of puts producers in a in a tough place. If there's not uh, capacity in a pipeline, uh, then they have to flare, uh, and they're kind of at the mercy of, of the pipeline because they would love to to do something with that with that gas that they have. Uh, so, you know, that's one component that I think is more specific to the Bakken. Uh, the, the other component is them being interested in Bitcoin itself, They're, them trying to understand a little bit more about it, because I think there's some powerful, I don't you want to call it, like illustrations or the narrative around Bitcoin being kind of like a, a, a currency of energy is, is um, uh, it's kind of sticky. They like talking about it and they want to know more about it. So We've had you know, a number of not just follow-up calls, but we've actually started a webinar uh, that we provide specifically for oil and gas folks who want to understand more about Bitcoin and specifically Bitcoin and how it can you know, work in their particular industry. And so we've had um, four of those right now, uh, one a week, every Thursday at, at noon, and we've had um, almost close to 100 attendees uh, over those four weeks.
1: Make sure you send us the information. We'll certainly kick it out to our network and promote it. And if you want to put the webinars on um, our network afterwards, we'll certainly accommodate that too. Uh, that's that's good information. Expe- like I said, especially as people are going into fourth quarter, they're getting hit with ESG. They're getting hit with COVID. They're getting hit with Bitcoin and blockchain and all kinds of different things. Where are we at with the blockchain market right now? And by market, I mean, I do see a day where most of the transactions are going to be done through a blockchain method, whether it be forced through the cloud, or whether it be some sort of uh, international regulation that will be ushered in to bypass certain um, currency trends, what do you want to call it? Uh,
0: yeah, requirements yeah you know uh, what I mean any type of regulations yeah
1: because yeah, yeah, it's it's gonna expedite all that and bypass a lot of the mumbo jumbo and there's people out there laughing going he doesn't know what he's talking about and the other half is going oh he knows exactly what he's talking about so talk to me a little bit about blockchain where we're at with that uh, advent of integrating that technology into the day-to-day life of industry
0: yeah for sure I, th- I think the big uh, trend that really is. And I'm glad you followed up with me this week because there's some actual news on this front. There's a publicly traded company called MicroStrategy that recently announced and they had over five or six hundred million dollars in their treasury, um, you know, kind of outstanding cash that they had. And they saw the feds um, kind of doubling down on just, you know, money printer go burr and they said, "Wow, you know what? This five hundred million dollars that we have, um, that our stockholders, you know, have have given us to, you know, to to, to do stuff with. Uh, the, the longer we keep it in the bank, the worse it is for us, right? There's like a haircut that goes on every month because of inflation, and now, um, you know, the the ability for that cash not to be worth as much. So they literally, these guys were not Bitcoiners uh, before this. Uh, this company, MicroStrategy." They went on a hunt to figure out the best way to, uh, I guess, put that cash in a safe instrument. And so for the first time ever, a publicly traded company invested over $400 million in uh, Bitcoin, and they're holding that as a reserve currency uh, for their stock right now. Um, and so that's kind of, uh, I would say, spurred a lot of conversation around I where I believe the, the real innovation around Uh, bitcoin and cryptocurrency really is is it's around the money um and that's what's compelling about i think what we're doing on the energy side because what these miners are doing it's validating the effectiveness of the protection of this uh store of value that this publicly traded company has you know essentially made a 400 million dollar bet to secure this uh Bitcoin, because they believe it's going to be a better investment for their cash long term and short term. Uh, So I I would say the money aspect, especially what's going on with the Fed and kind of everything financially right now, it's becoming kind of like a digital store of value, um, kind of like gold, but it's much easier to, uh, you know, to to buy and to hold and to have it as your own.
1: Can I ask you a dumb question that I don't think I would know how to answer if I was asked and I don't know if you know either to be honest
0: but, well I'll let you know if I don't
1: so i'm I'm trying to you know put my put my average average eyeballs on my average head you know and and they're so bombarded with things and you know it's just hard to keep up with day to day and I joke because I got I forgot there was a Keystone pipeline a Keystone XL pipeline and I mean, I forgot there was two separate pipelines, and they go different directions. You know, Um, you know, PayPal, Venmo, people know we're going to a cashless society. Starbucks doesn't even take change anymore. So, I mean, we're or in some places they don't at least. So the 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 digital currency is coming, but I think a lot of people are thinking PayPal and Venmo and that sort of thing, and then they hear Bitcoin. Does is it the same? Is there a difference? How how would you kind of talk about that a little bit?
0: Sure. Yeah. the, the two main differences, um, and they're probably words that you you'll kind of hear as buzzwords around blockchain and cryptocurrency, is uh, one, Bitcoin is distributed. So, and then secondly, it's permissionless versus PayPal, Venmo, etc there's still a bank that's essentially the middleman in that scenario. So if I go to send you money via Venmo, Jason, um, in theory, the the person who controls whether that money, you know, someone's taking uh, uh, account in their own ledger, whether it's a public ledger or a private ledger, in this case with Venmo, Venmo has their own ledger that they're saying, okay, this money got transferred over to here. It's in his account. In that Venmo can go in and take that money out if they want to. And so in anything else that that we're seeing right now, it's no different than a bank uh, doing that. And I think from, uh, that and that's what makes what Bitcoin does very special because Bitcoin is permissionless. So that means I don't need the bank's permission or anyone else's permission to send you that money. I don't need to have a quote unquote Venmo account in order to do that. All I need to do to to be able to do that is have my own Bitcoin wallet address and I can conduct a transaction with you. And, and so instead of the bank's servers or Venmo servers validating if that happened or not, Bitcoin miners um, are the ones who are essentially uh, providing that network. And what's great about that is that it is distributed. So it's people all over the world, everyday Joes, um having these machines that can partake in this. And what that does is it require it it ends up empowering a kind of censorship resistant form of payment. And I think right now in the US it's not probably as I, I wouldn't say it's like a really incredible use case, but I do think in a scenario where um and I think oil and gas folks kind of can see this. You've talked about how banks um have started putting pressure or have or have had activists put pressure on them not to loan money to oil and gas companies, right? There's a, there's kind of an attack vector there. Whereas with Bitcoin, that doesn't exist. You can't put a pressure on me not to um, do this transaction uh, with you directly if I'm a Bitcoin miner. And so that's, uh, you know, th- that's the difference between the two of them.
1: And that's one of the reasons why you think, oil and gas companies may gravitate towards bitcoin over say like a more controlled digital currency like a paypal or venmo or whatever offshoots are going to come from that it's the it's the bank derivative versus the free market derivative
0: i agree that's a great way to put it one is one is truly a free market like it's as free market as you can get and and that's why there are a number of other energy sources that Bitcoin miners use. The oil and gas market is kind of the new hot trendy one, but it's still very, very early on. We've got very large scale miners um, who use uh, hydropower, uh, wind, some use solar, but not really, Uh, a lot of hydro, uh, some geothermal in Iceland. So it's kind of this global energy race uh, to find who can have the cheapest, most scalable, reliable power source. Um, and, and ultimately for an oil and gas producer, um, when they start, when the light bulb goes off, when you, when you've got oil and gas producers who are starting to do this at scale and they're essentially minting their own Bitcoin, and then they're able to transact with that Bitcoin and it will have value directly. Um, that's one of the things I think things will get really interesting because they won't need any outside, um, I would say like permission or, uh, you know, the deals can be done very, very quickly. If they want to send Bitcoin to another oil and gas company, or if they want to do purchasing, um, of other assets, they'll have their own currency, essentially their energy currency to purchase those things. And it will become an accepted and widely used way of doing it. I'll, I'll tell you one thing. The first time, uh, I sent a large amount of Bitcoin, In terms of like dollar value wise i was very scared um because you know it's it's not the most user intuitive thing it's not as clean as like a paypal or a venmo there are some you know you have to kind of essentially educate yourself a little bit before you do it um but but that it is a magical feeling when you see a large sum of money magically show up in your wallet address within you know a couple minutes And without not having to do any type of, you know, uh, crazy wire transfer or I had to put in requests to take all this money out and I had to wait for the bank to to tell my credit card, you know, okay, this this transaction's approved. It it really feels like magic. So um, I think that same phenomenon will take place with oil and gas companies when they start transacting in this way, too, because it is it. Well, it makes it makes life faster and easier.
1: Well, that's the one thing where I think the blockchain is going to make. Um, well, it's going to change everything just because of the instant payments and uh, just the accountability factor. That
0: yeah, transparency um, is key for, for for that stuff. Absolutely. Yeah, which is yeah. good. It's good for all
1: industries. Well, it is, and 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 keep in mind the difference between blockchain and Bitcoin. Those are two different things. Bitcoin. Uh, is a currency, whereas blockchain is more of uh, a contract, I guess?
0: So blockchain technology is what built Bitcoin is built on top of. It's basically just an open ledger. Um, when I say a ledger, just think of a spreadsheet. And instead of that spreadsheet being private that no or a database that no one else can see, blockchain is an open database. That everyone can see. Not everyone can, you know, they can't change it, but that's the idea behind it. So blockchain is more of the uh, kind of the guts of how Bitcoin works. And Bitcoin is money built on top of blockchain.
1: I've always looked at blockchain like, here's the example, Uber Eats. Okay, so you essentially... All this stuff is being done in the cloud. You've ordered food in the cloud. You're paying for it in the cloud and this and that. But in reality, there's a guy that's making the food physically. There's a guy that's picking it up physically. And then there's somebody who's who's physically paying for it. But all this stuff is being done through the cloud and nobody is actually, and now with the, the door delivery, nobody actually sees each other. They just drop the stuff off and this and that. But... It, it's all trackable by apps and by, you know, different mechanisms. And once each person fulfills their part of the contract, they get paid because the restaurant gets paid and then the driver gets paid. And it's so it's so different. You know what I mean? How it? Yeah,
0: it is very transactional.
1: It's, it's very t- transactional, very transparent and very instant. You know, there's none of this uh-huh. 30 days, 90 days you know, this type of thing where people are waiting for receivables. And that, uh, that, that that's going to change everything.
0: I d- agree. You know, th- those are some of the conversations we've had with uh, producers, not just producers, by the way. Uh, mineral rights holders as well are extremely inter- interested in this as, as well because in some gas contracts, they have the ability to take their gas in hand. Um, so they can, they can say, you know what, I don't actually want to... You know, take my percentage of the royalty of, of what we're you know contributing our gas to this oil producer. I I just want to take it into my own custody, and so um, you've got, and primarily it's because they're the la- they're the ones who are always calling these producers trying to get their money out of them a lot of times, uh, and it can be six eight months you know late it doesn't matter they're the last ones getting paid where. As you correctly kind of, um, you know, you, you you put yourself into the future on this is that now you can have a system where there can be streamlined paid up payouts that like happen daily. And that you can see directly, OK, 10 percent went to the royalty rights arm, you know, 2 percent went to the reservation or all of these things in those payouts. And there's complete transparency in the entire process, which I think is a very good use case specifically for you know trying to legitimize the energy industry um, to, to be able to fight back against these narratives that are out there.
1: All right. Fourth quarter talk. You got your, you know, a couple minutes. Keep it brief. People are busy. You give them your pitch, man. People are meeting for fourth quarter talk. Tell them why you should uh, be out there mining Bitcoin at their well site.
0: Well, yeah, we talked about it before, Jason, the big push for ESG uh, compliance and and what that's going to look like. And uh, we know for a fact that a lot of the the larger producers are going to be Uh, looking very deeply at this technology and to solve this problem with flaring, and uh, you're going to want to get ahead of it, and we would love to talk more about it. Uh, You can reach us at www.gam.ai, and you'll see a uh, sign-up form, and uh, you can get enrolled in one of our weekly webinars to learn more about it.